welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts, such as us, examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Pete the Retailer from Star Wars Minute. I'm John Ingle from 007 by 7 And uh, today we're up to minute 29. Two nine. Two nine of the best years of our lives. 29 starts with, I don't recognize him. And it ends with, you've forgotten. So there's a lot of confusion going on in this episode. <laughs> yes, there is. And if you want my thoughts on Minute 29, please tune in to Minute 28, because I gave almost all of them already yesterday. Well, as I was going to say, uh. going back to your theme, that this is the theme for this one is is kind of uh, power or agency control and uh, loss of it and, and um, you know, kind of being uh, in charge uh, to a certain extent. And um, he does have that, you know, like you said, he, he she... Um, the kids are kind of, you know, their own entities at this point, And he's, you know, freaking out about that and a couple of other things and, and what he's missed and starts to panic, grabs a cigarette, offers her a cigarette. And that's, that's what he, she, he's forgotten. That's where she's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, although in between there's a little bit of a, um, there's a little bit of romance talk, which is also mm-hmm. what I, um, oh yes, um, that's right. he, um, they talk about it. he's like oh and so you know Peggy I bet uh, you know she's got plenty of boyfriends and I I remembered now like I you forget that boyfriends used to be a thing there was something between dating people and going steady which going people don't really <laughs> say going steady anymore but now it's basically like once you ask somebody out you're locked into a relationship with them it seems like maybe not so amongst. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a certain there's more of a commitment to asking somebody on a date than there is just kind of like people would just casually date in, in the past, it seems. And you or would even have just lots hang of, out. Lots of boyfriends, meaning like, oh, yeah, you went on a date with all these different people, but it wasn't like a thing. And then you, until you were going steady, and then you were only going out with that person. Right. That's one of the things that you kind of, you know, pick up from classic films from this era. Uh, oftentimes I've noticed like that there'll be a f- female character and she'll be hanging out with like four or five guys. Right. And they're just hanging out, having drinks, but there's, so- it's not just, also it's not just them hanging out, having drinks. There's some sort of courting thing happening yet. There's a group of guys <laughs> on there buying. Now, sometimes that's shown to be like in it's a wonderful life with a uh, Gloria Graham's character. Mm. There's that one point where uh, th- there's like two guys talking to her and she sees, um, she sees uh, uh, George and she's like, see you guys later. I think I got a date over here. And these two guys are like, where are you going? Hey, come back. Hmm. It's like, what is she talking to? I think it's supposed to show her as being a bit of, you know, uh, a girl about town, right. you know, but uh, I think it was also just a thing where people hung out and it was like, okay, there's this idea. She's a single girl. Uh, <laughs> sooner or later, it's going to filter down to one of us. Yeah. I don't know. That's just the impression I get. I'm not saying that's accurate about the time. Right. Or maybe I'm misunder- uh, misunderstanding what they're trying to get at in the movies. But having boyfriends could be a group of guys she hangs out with. That there's no romantic right. uh, thing on that surface until she finds the connection with one of them or decides that she does want to have this one thing. Like, we see her later with a guy. We won't get into mm-hmm. it too much because it's not our minutes. But you get the idea that, eh, he's some dude I know. <laughs> we go out and it kind of looks like we might be on a date. but Well, 
yeah, that's the thing. I feel like at some point before, not too long, but somewhere in between, um, you know, at least my parents dating and me dating, that changed significantly. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was, you know, free love, sexual revolution thing where then it got like, all right, well, now it's just locked into a, you know, a different pattern. But that it, it used to be okay to be like, okay, well, you know, um, you would just date people. You would go have social engagements with, you know, sometimes one-on-one, sometimes with, you know, with a group of people, whatever, but you would have Mm -hmm. dates that one date didn't necessarily mean that you were locked into. And I think adults are more like this now, but as teenagers, I feel like now it's like, okay, if you ask somebody out on a date, that means you're locked into something with them for a while until you, until you terminate that relationship as opposed to just like, Oh yeah. Let's go on a date and see. Maybe we don't like each other. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know because I, I, you know, I'm a divorced guy now. It's been a long time since I've been a young, young man. Right. But I recently attempted to roll into the dating scene again Hmm. uh, the way that a lot of people have to, which is uh, through dating apps. And (laughs) I think I'm of the same mind as you. I think I got surprised by the fact I went out with a, a woman a couple of times and I thought that meant, okay, we're going to try to do this thing. And it wasn't her intention at all. So no, I think she was just, was like, just like, ah, now we know each other. I, I think I'm just not that interested. And it was just like, and when I was younger, I w- I'm with you. I would, if you were asking, if you were going so far as to ask someone out on a date, that meant you were like, we're going to start down a road right. together <laughs> from here on. Yeah. Um, maybe other people that, I don't know, Pete, maybe we're different. I don't know. Maybe not everybody thought that way, but. To me, it's like if we're going on a date, and especially if it ends in any kind of uh, any kind of culmination of the date, I'm not going too far with that. But mm-hmm. if there's even a kiss goodbye, that means we're having a second date, and we're we might just uh, start yeah. hanging out a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But. I well, I my problem was also I didn't, uh, uh, you know that the the entering into it the the on a the you know, the, the getting the k- kind of asking, the asking out and agreeing to go out part was such a hurdle and such a kind of high bar that that was kind of the be all end all for me that I finally kind yeah. of did get the courage up to ask somebody out. And then I hadn't even thought beyond that. And then I ended up never really, I was like, hey, do you want to go out sometime? Yes. All right. And then I did it. And then I didn't never really followed up with like, okay, well, here are some specifics. Let's go somewhere. It was just like, hey, you want to go out somebody? Yes. I asked that person out. I'm done with my, my end of the bargain. <laughs> Right now we're locked into something, even though I haven't asked them, you know. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But it, it, it <laughs> to throw back to this era where it was just kind of, uh, you know, you know, boyfriends. Um, well, what what's he getting at? Like, what do we think is the deeper reason why he's talking about this? I mean, this can't be idle talk, uh, just for the sake of talk. It, it, not in a scene like this. We're, we're well, what is it saying about what he's thinking, his thought process? I mean, I think it's him feeling like he's missing out, mm-hmm. you know, noting other things. That he, he's like, oh, well, I guess that's, you know, this isn't the little girl anymore. So I guess she's got boyfriends or, you know, like all this stuff that we're, we're going through. Sure. Um, but uh, also then, well, like her... Her response also, then he because he follows up and is like, and you know, so you've talked to her about 
all the things <laughs> that she needs to know. And then uh, I'm getting from, from Myrna Loy, I'm, I'm getting that like she almost like propositions him after that. She's like, well, yep. like, what can you be specific? Like, what kind of things does she need to know? Huh? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like trying to kind of very, very slightly, very subtly, but she's laying it out there to be like, mm-hmm, <laughs> what kind of things? It- and it hits his ear like tin. Like, yeah, it is a tin-eared. He didn't get that. He didn't pick up that signal at no, all. Yeah. Well, did you? Yeah. It's <laughs> almost comedic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I kind of wondered though because if it's, I think you're right about what we're getting in this scene. Mm-hmm. But as far as what it's setting up, we get, we do get this bit of control that he takes in his daughter's romantic life later in the movie. So I think that we're getting a little bit. You know, I was talking about it yesterday, but should have been talking about today. We're getting this idea of control to she is in control. She's not even that interested. Ah, She's got boyfriends. I don't know. Right. Because she's in so much control to feel like she has to grasp at that kind of knowledge. But I think he's just looking for something where he can be like, okay, if I have this knowledge, then maybe who knows? The next step is I talk to her about the guy. I ask her about him. What's his job and all those things that go into a parent's kind of overbearing uh, attention attention. uh, given to their child's relationships. I think there could be some of that happening under the surface, but it comes out, you know, later it comes out very overtly where she's, where he goes and takes control over her relationship. But um, yeah, I just wondered, you know, if there's something more to it that's on the surface here, but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's just digging for, he's just digging. He was supposed to know what happened while he was away, but yeah, I like her. I'm with you. I like yeah. the sly proposition. And then him missing it entirely. Oh, completely, yeah. It's so hilarious. And she's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first thing he'd be thinking about when he got home. But right? then again, he is like 50, so. Right. And weren't they, was there uh, Salt Peter? Was that a thing at that point? Or is that an old, <laughs> is that like a Civil War thing? I don't, no, I think it's. I think it was a thing. I think it was even in Vietnam. Yeah. But I think that's mostly during the uh, training camp or uh, during the uh, boot camp to keep any shenanigans from going on inside the barracks. I don't know. Mm. Uh, now I'm speculating severely. <laughs> I'm not mm. sure what that was all about. Uh, I remember taking I took salt tablets in football practice when mm. I was a kid and thinking that's what that was. <laughs> Because I'd heard saltpeter before. Right. It's like, is this saltpeter? Mm. Those are salt tablets to keep us from uh, dehydrating. There you go. That's all. Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the, the short, uh, I don't know. It, it's another example, I'll say, of him. That's like, in this case, I, I think he's being oblivious to it, but that's another kind of. Uh, usurpation usurpation is that the word of uh, usurpation of his control Mm -hmm. um in just you know her you know throwing a line out there putting 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 the moves on in a sense like that's something that's so out of his realm that he doesn't even recognize it um but as far as kind of you know resting control of course there is uh you know it's not as if i God, I hate to get it's hard for me to do these shows sometimes because I'm like there's setups sometimes there's setups and things that happen later that are kind of here we, we kind of get the idea later that he he's at least de- gone dancing with some gals overseas at some point 
it's not as but, if this idea of men and women has completely been foreign to him for the last three or four years either. Right. Doesn't she but, say something about that? Uh, it was like, didn't you encounter any young people or something like that? It, it, well, it yeah, she says in? when he says he's afraid of the or like the, this young people. But right. I think that is more to for him to say. All of us that were over the war, nobody's young anymore. Right. Anybody who went to the war, no matter how old they are, they aren't young anymore. Right. But later, he doesn't recognize his wife while he's dancing with her drunk. Right. And he just thinks it's, it's like as he dancing with some gal over in Guam or wherever it was that he might have done that. But um, right. um, he's just not on the, the idea here is that he's just not on the same frequency as anyone else. Yeah. And so he just misses that signal altogether. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's down to, uh, just the two of them. And, uh, as we said, the, my theme is, so, so the, well, this got me back to what's your, we, we touched upon this, I guess a little bit, or unless you had, you have more specific notes for this. I wanted to go a little bit vaguer, a little, back it up a go little vague. bit. Not vague. Let's go vague. But, um, but just more general, I guess. So it's, what's your? Yeah. We, we hinted about it a little bit. What's your uh, experience with uh, with the people people in war, people at war, and coming, uh, going, and coming back, et cetera? You have a uh, personal uh, experience. Yeah, personally, are you uh, family wise or friends wise or any? Well, you know, I uh, I come from a really large family on the. You know, th- this generation, my family right. was massive. Right. Uh, it's gotten filtered down a lot to where my father was an only child and my mom only had one brother. Mm. But my grandparents had teens of brothers and sisters. Like my grandma had 18 brothers and sisters and my grandpa had 13. Mm. And so I grew up with a lot of old guys who had been to the war. My grandpa was 4F because he got injured in a work accident, but he drove a USO bus and all this stuff. You know, there's all these stories I got. But I never, they never wanted to talk to me about the experience other than, yeah, I was over there. Right. Uh, my great, my uncle Jim was in Vietnam, uh, but he wasn't, he, he got, he was affected actually by Agent Orange, mm-hmm. interestingly. I, I actually just learned that recently. Uh, but otherwise, I'd never heard it. He was in the Air Force, and I think he was basically in an office for the most part. And, you know, the, the people I went to school with, some of them, a couple of people went to Desert Shield or, mm-hmm. is that right, Desert Storm? Uh, but I just don't remember anything about returns or it just, I don't know. It's like if people went overseas and came back in this day and age, I, I mean, I have a, I have a couple of friends who lost friends over there, mm-hmm. um, when they took Baghdad and so on, uh, God, however long that was ago now, 15, 16 years. Yeah. It's hard to even imagine anymore. It's been so long. Uh, and occasionally I'll hear, uh, little bits from them and I think, I do know a guy who's got some pretty severe PTSD, but that's something you talk about. You have beers with these people. You talk about comic books, you talk (laughs) about movies. Uh, And you know, the, the always the ongoing, uh, it seems to me the ongoing theme with people that knew people that were in the war is that they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to, to have a personal connection having not actually been over there because it's hard for people to ever want to give you any insight And, and that's their business and they shouldn't if they don't want to, but so I guess I'm saying, I don't really have much to say about this. I, I want to understand it, but I understand that they don't necessarily want to talk about it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, How about I, you? Similarly, I well, uh, previous generations. Yeah, my my um, my. Well, my dad was in Vietnam and also exposed to Agent Orange, but didn't really wasn't in a combat situation. He was mm-hmm. a retailer in in he ran the the PX and and uh, right. Um, but the before so like my so his uncle, you know, my great uncle, my grandfather's brother was was in World War Two, and my my grandmother's brothers, you know, some of them were in there, and, and a, a bunch of different people of that. Uh, generation were and and yeah nobody i don't hear a lot of talk about it. well i don't anymore because everybody's all dead but didn't didn't uh even growing up hear that much about it nobody was kind of like you know waxing about the kind of uh you know good times gone by you know the, the how great it was it was just you know mm-hmm. nobody really you know brought it up much and i i mm-hmm. feel like i don't know what the where the disconnect is that i don't feel like i know anybody that was in any of the modern wars it's just my social circle doesn't include i i could be wrong there could be some people that i'm not aware of that were there um but um it's odd that i don't you know that this thing that this is you know there are this is the the equivalent of this for our generation but i don't know people that have been there for for that um I, I know one one of Ella's friends had a um, um, fiance went over, made it through, you know, did his whole tour, and she was worried sick the whole time, and you know, came back perfectly healthy and alive, and then um, wiped out on his motorcycle and died like within a few weeks mm. of coming back, and it was just such a like, uh, um, but we'll talk about motorcycles again tomorrow, but, um. But the, the yeah, I, I feel like there's previous generations all had this, and and I feel like I don't as much, and and you know a few people, but it's not as much of a thing. And maybe it wasn't as much of a thing there. Then it's just you know people, it got romanticized at some point. I don't know. I I kind of wonder if at the time, well, it, I think it makes a lot of difference that. Um, we're talking about the difference between conscripted soldiers as in World right. War II and Vietnam and people that volunteer to go to war, which uh, we don't need to get overtly political here, but there is a class system situation involved in that. Right. Where you could be of any different level of class, uh, wealth, and and um, um, entitlement, whatever, in World War II, and you're getting drafted. Right. Right. Uh, Vietnam maybe less so. There was some more, as we know, there was some more shenanigans. Nowadays, sons. nobody goes to war. Very few people go to war unless they're poor. Right. Right. So, um, to put it to put it that way. So, I mean, I know uh, some. Not, that's not necessarily true across the board. It's just statistically more right. likely, I think. And you know, or but, officers or what have you. You know, people people who go to school for it, essentially, people who train for it, or yes. The, yes. People that use it as a way. Well, I don't have money to go to college, so if I put in my years in the army, right. I can get the G- GI Bill, uh, things like that, or or others. But um, some people just want to go. There, there's plenty of people like that too. But I also think that on upon return, then there's this sort of compartmentalization of people. I think a lot of veterans tend to go into the, there's like I think we're clickier as a as a culture right. now. That's what I guess what I'm saying. 
there's a lot more there's we're a lot more insulated in groups and i think a lot of you know if you get pulled over by a, a police officer a lot of times that guy's going to be a veteran i think mm. well i'm not friends with any police officers you know mm. that's just uh, <laughs> there's there's just the, it's the jobs you get upon return and things that are a couple of guys i know i worked with in restaurants but that was really rare there's not a whole lot of vets and serving in restaurants but that's literally the two guys I was just talking about or two guys I happen to work with at restaurants. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, pretty rare. I don't know. We're just doing a lot of a lot of what I'm saying might not be backed up entirely by well, you know, um, facts, but I, I feel in like your it's, experience and in my experience, too, yeah. I, I don't I, I could be wrong, but I don't feel like I've uh, I, I guess that's the that's the main thing that it's not it's not conscripted. It's not, you know, there is no draft. So it's people who are. Yeah, going there for reasons of their own. Yeah, I just think it makes it different. So upon return in World War II in Vietnam, people returning from the war and going into every neighborhood in the country. Right. You know, like everybody knew somebody that was over there. I just don't think that's true anymore. Right. There's entire groups of people that would never have in even in the circle social circles, going out as far as you can imagine, wouldn't have anybody that's going off to war anymore. Right. Uh, that's all happening over in a different neighborhood, I guess. Um, but yeah, so the experience is a lot different for us. I, I appreciate this movie in that it's, it feels like it's definitely gotta be the most truthful, uh, example of what that felt like in that it was right after the war. Mm -hmm. So it was very fresh on everybody. It was created by, uh, or at least the, uh, the director of the film, had the experience and knew people, plenty of people that were going through this, was able to pull from the experience. One of the reasons why I love this movie so much is I feel like it's actually a window into the time. Right. And uh, a lot of times movies at that time are so stylized and so, especially the war movies, were propaganda. So it's nice to have this non-propagandistic window into a life right after the war. And so I appreciate this for giving us that look and... I don't know. I, I suppose there are still films being made like that. I'm trying to think of. There was a movie with called Brothers with uh, Tobey Maguire and um, Jake Gyllenhaal. I think that was. I don't know if it was the greatest movie, but it was a attempt to look at life. Like one brother stayed home, one brother went to war, mm -hmm. came back, and how they were different with each other. So I suppose there's still there's art, there's still books, there's still films that are trying to give us more insight into that now. So. I appreciate all that being someone who doesn't have much insight into it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh it's alien to me somewhat. Yeah. Um that being said, oh I did uh I don't know if this is a note for um I guess this is a note for uh, was it in this uh, I guess it was when he offers her a cigarette. Um and it uh, it Remind me of that. There's one scene that I always remember from Hamburger Hill mm -hmm. where he's talking about kind of, you know, going home and he's at dinner and everything's nice. And he starts, you know, uh, you know, these are some good effing potatoes, mom. And, you know, like Pat just couldn't <laughs> couldn't snap out of that, you know, right uh, the, from the army kind of, you know, uh, um, lingo from the army kind of styling. I couldn't readjust back into it. It's just a really simple example of it. Mm -hmm. adjusting back to civilian life and um 
uh, I put it here because of the, the the kind of the snap of like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, because as you said, it's like, oh, you just offer, take out a cigarette, offer it to everybody in your group. Yeah. But that, um, yeah. Hamburger Hill, everybody. Um, if you like this uh, particular show, if you like what we're talking about, if you like what everybody's been talking about so far, you're almost a half hour in. Surely you've, uh, you're, you've developed an opinion about this whole thing by now. Um, please feel free to find the show on uh, all the places that you get podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or just go to thebestminutes.com, um, and that, that'll get you there. Um, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to follow it on social media, you can catch up with the show at Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook, or go to Twitter at The Best Minutes. That's the show. Um, and uh, it's a different group. We've only got one more coming up, and after that, there'll be a different group of uh, Movies by Minutes hosts doing this whole thing. So uh, I'm going to ask you to join us here one more time for the Best Minutes podcast. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.